Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour Voices, a special series on the Mom Hour showcasing diverse voices from across the motherhood community. I'm Megan Francis, and today I'm excited to be chatting with two members of our contributor team, Kia Hammond and Catherine DeVries. Both Catherine and Kia had babies in the not-so-distant past, and I had my first baby in what feels like the very distant past, 25 years ago this fall. So that means that at this moment, a quarter century ago, I was in full on baby planning and shopping mode and actually getting ready to have my very first baby shower. It's kind of unreal to think that it's been so long. And I know a lot of things about having a baby shower have changed along the way from who actually gets to attend to how and where expecting parents register and also what gifts are on every mom's wish list. Kia and Catherine are here to get me up to speed on what's changed and what's still the same all these years later. Hey, Kia and Catherine. So glad to have you on the show. Hi. 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 I'm so excited about this because I um, just looked at the date as Sarah and I were planning this episode and realized that my first baby shower would have taken place almost exactly 25 years ago. It was definitely July of 1997. I know that much for sure. I can't exactly remember what the date was, but it was like right around this time. So my mind is kind of blown by that. And um, I know that you both have little kids and some slightly older like babies and then some slightly older kids, too. So I thought it'd be really fun for us to just kind of I'm going to play dumb a little bit because I don't really know what it's like anymore to have a a little one that you're planning a baby shower for um, or trying to do a gift registry or even buying baby stuff. So I'm going to play a little bit dumb and ask you all some questions about what that experience is like for you. Um, But first, I thought it would be really fun if you took this opportunity to ask me as a rather geriatric mom, (laughs) what, how things were back in the olden days. It's like a quarter century ago, guys. So uh, I'm sure you have some questions for me. Catherine, 
Go first. You shoot one at me. Yeah. So I think the thing I'm curious about the most is my first baby shower with my oldest, who's five. My husband and I were there together. It was planned by a family friend and it was like a party for both of us, basically. And I remember everyone that I knew who had older kids thought that was like so new (laughs) that we would both be at the baby shower. And I'm wondering Uh like, like what was the involvement of the dads and like, because it just surprises me that they just like wouldn't be involved at all. (laughs) I think that that's one of those things that so 25 years ago, late 90s, it, it was becoming more of a thing to have joint showers of all kinds, like uh, maybe a joint baby shower or uh, instead of a bridal shower and a, you know, bachelor party or whatever, or a guy shower, like like a combined thing. But it was not the norm. I think you, if you live like maybe in a city or on the coast or something or ran in like a like a hipper set than I did. It would in small town Midwest, there was no way that anybody but me was invited to the baby shower. And I would actually say um, when I was pregnant with like subsequent kids, I had lots of different kind of parties thrown for me. They were all very mother centric. They weren't all baby showers, quote unquote. But I had like a like a blessing way um, type of event. I think that was with Will. So that would have been 19 years ago. So still going back pretty far, but they were still very mom centric. And um, I do remember my husband at the time helping me register for gifts, but that's not because he was going to get to go to the shower and he got to come at the end of the shower and pick the gifts up and put them in the car. That was his contribution. So (laughs) that's a great question. That's a great question. Kia, what you got for me? I'm so glad you asked that, Catherine, because that was what I was going to ask you. I couldn't wait to hear that answer. (laughs) So okay, sorry, I, we, we took your question. You got another one? Yeah, yes, I do. Okay, how okay. did you know what you wanted for your baby? Because I know you had older sisters who had kids. So did you just yeah. like, see what they had and thought, I want that? Or did you kind of say like, oh, I see you have that. Can I have that when you're done with it? Or magazines, like how did you know what you wanted? Yeah, so I know it feels so long ago. So my inner, I did have internet. But it was nothing like the internet now. Like, I think I was on a um, parent's place forum, which was like iVillage, which I don't think either of those things ex- uh, exist anymore. So people would talk about products, but you would see things in magazines. You would think- see things on TV. Mostly, though, I saw stuff by just wandering around uh, Babies Are Us. That was kind of like the mega, that was like the mega store for baby stuff. And I would just wander around and be like, ooh, that's neat. Oh, that's cool. I mean, there wasn't even Amazon yet. So you really didn't have a way to do a lot of comparison shopping. There wasn't like, I don't think bye bye baby existed. If it did it, that might've been like in bigger cities. Um, yeah, it was like babies are us. And my sister is 10 years older than me and had been a mom for quite some time by the time I became a mom. So her stuff was kind of (laughs) old, you know, like she kind of had some old crummy stuff from like the early nineties. So I didn't want any of that. So I would, um, yeah, just walk through the store. And I remember actually walking through with my little gun, because that's how you did it. And we'll talk about how you guys do it now uh, and pointing it and just being like, I had no idea there were so many bottles. I had no idea there were so many diapers. I had no, and just going, I guess let's just register for all of them because <laughs> I don't know any better. And then of course there were some things that just, you know, stood the test of time from when like my mom had a daycare when I was a little kid. So there were things that my mom had in her daycare in the eighties that were still very much around Um, I guess burp cloths don't really change that much and (laughs) things like that. So there was like definitely a mix. Diapers had come a long way 
uh, even by that point and continued to. So those are really great questions, you guys. Okay. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, so I definitely know that in the past 25 years, expectations around um, not only baby showers, like great question about who's even supposed to come to the baby shower, Catherine, but also the process of like gathering stuff for a new baby, maybe what the expectations are of people in your social circles what kinds of gear, all that's changed. And both of you had babies during the pandemic, which of course made that change even more dramatic. So Catherine, you've got three little kids. Um, You've got a baby and a couple of slightly older kids. So talk about how much things changed from your oldest to your youngest. Wow. A lot. Um, my, so my oldest is five and a half and we did like a pretty, I mean, like I said, my husband was there, which I think is pretty traditional now. I feel like a lot of my friends do that kind of thing for baby showers, but, um, we actually went to buy by baby with the little scanner thing. Like we did that too and walked around okay. and collected all the things for our baby shower. Um, and 
it was a lot and it was really overwhelming. And then with my second, I kind of told people like, just don't get me anything. Like I found the whole process of, and, and I don't, I, I almost wonder if the internet made it worse almost because it felt yeah. like there were too many choices. Um, so with my second, we just had like a smaller gathering that wasn't even really a baby shower. And then with Walter, who's my youngest, we pretty much did nothing. And that was kind of pan- yeah. pandemic related, but also because I felt like I had accumulated so much stuff between right. the first two that it was just, um, you know, I told people to maybe, maybe chip in for a babysitter at some point. And that's all I really yeah. wanted yeah. by the third time. Yeah. How about you, Kia? So my first baby shower would have been like 14 years ago and I didn't register for anything. And I was really young. So my mom just kind of took over everything that she knew that I would need. And it was actually a surprise baby shower. So I didn't know anything. Um, And that was nice. And it was the more traditional where it was just me um, and like my friends and, you know, my mom and aunts and stuff like that. Um, I remember picking out a baby bathtub and my mom like kind of scolded me like you're not allowed to pick out anything else because it's not going to be a surprise um and then when I had my second baby eight years later me and my husband did go to the store with the little gun we had a local babies R us so we were really excited about that um but we didn't have a baby shower we actually had a baby queue um where we just wanted friends and family to come celebrate us having a baby we didn't want anyone to buy us anything. I think because we were so excited, we just wanted to buy everything ourselves, which sounds so silly. Like we wanted it when we wanted it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I get that. Though that you want some control over it. Yeah. 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 Um, with my son, it was the same thing. It was our first boy. We had all of our girl stuff that we didn't need and we wanted to buy all of our boy stuff. Just we wanted to buy it. And then with Elsie, my last baby, um, since I didn't have a shower, you know, previously until like 14 years beforehand, um, I asked for like a sprinkle for my sisters because um, I knew it was going to be my last baby, but I wanted it more mom centered. Um, yeah. So I just wanted like diapers for the baby if you had to buy something for the baby. But really, I wanted like comfy pajamas and like lactation cookies and stuff like that. I love that you brought up the baby sprinkle because, and the baby cue, neither of these were, these were not things that I had ever heard of, um, till like long after my last. So Claire is 13. I had never even heard of any of those things. So if I'm correct, a baby sprinkle is kind of like a light, like a shower light. Like it's more like a celebration with a few gifts. Yes. And not. Okay. So let's talk about those social expectations. Kia, I would love to hear from you first on this one, since you've got also kind of the older, the older kid as well, the teenager. Um, do you feel like things have changed as far as like what's expected uh, about when you're going to get a shower, whose job it is to throw you the shower, what you can expect? I remember there being some grumpiness around multiple showers or having a shower for a second baby when my kids were little. Like, I remember that being kind of like a debate and thinking, oh, that's silly. If people want to have a baby shower, they should have a baby shower. Has thinking changed around that? Do you get a shower with every baby now or is it like, does it really vary? So I'm so glad you said that because I think a big reason why we didn't have a shower for my second baby, even though it was eight years later, was my mom felt kind of grumpy towards it. Like, well, you shouldn't have a second baby shower for your second baby. And so that kind of leaned in on me. So then with my fourth baby, my sisters were like, well, do you want one? Because I know like mom. So no, like 
I'm not throwing any shade at my mom, but like I definitely got that feeling that you got to like kind of grumpiness. And then people do get a little bit catty over like who has control over the showers. I have thrown a few baby showers for friends and family. Um, and some people get really mad. Like, what do you mean he's bringing his uncle and uh, like <laughs> grandpa and like a bunch of guys to the shower and not just the dad. Um, and then other expectation wise, a lot of times there's something like bring books for the baby instead of cards. And then they're like, bring a bring diapers for the raffle. I kind of feel like it's a get all you can get kind of thing, which I like it. I think that, you know, why waste a card if you can buy a book and the parents can start their little library <laughs> that way. Um, right, like yeah. a note in the card. Yeah. I think people have definitely gotten um, really clever about, uh, I don't want to say it's a gift grab, but it's like, hey, here's what I need. So maybe for the first baby, I got all kinds of stuff, but like second baby, maybe I don't need all that. Maybe I really just need diapers or I really want books or whatever. And we're here to like celebrate the baby and, and help the parents out. I feel like, okay, like maybe you can put some requests around that. Yeah. Catherine, what's been your experience? Yeah, I feel similarly. I think um, as my kids or my friends who have kids the same age as me have started having multiple babies. We've thrown like little kind of friends only showers or sprinkles, I guess, for the, um, the kids who come later. And yeah, there is a little bit of like passing around, like who's going to do it this time kind of thing when it's just your friends planning it. Um, and then I also sometimes feel like it's a little stressful because, you know, people will take pictures and post on social media and there's all these places to look up like games we can play and like cute themes, like, you know, the books where everybody signs them. And, um, I think that can kind of load the pressure on where you're like, oh, wow, I got to step it up at the next one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Catherine. So we were talking about like showers and what those can look like now. Um, let's just talk about baby registries in general. Like what do they look like in 2022? And I mean, you talked about the little guns. Are you uh, registering at different, like different stores? One store, is it still the mega store? Is everyone using the same places? I just, I'm really curious what that looks like. Yeah. You know, so I registered at Bye Bye Baby with my first and then didn't with my other ones. And I haven't really seen anyone do that kind of thing lately. Um, I know there's baby list now, which is a lot of people use. And that's great because you can, um, they have a little button that you can add to your browser. So you can link items from like anywhere on the internet to your baby list. Um, and you can also add, you know, they have a place to add a fund for like babysitting or even for a doula or, um, I have a friend who funded her birth photographer through part of her registry. So people could contribute to that. You know, we did that for our honeymoon too. There's like a honey fund website that's similar. And and those I feel like are the gifts that I, I as a gift giver gravitate towards because like, how cool is it to, to say that you, you know, funded somebody's postpartum doula or something. I think it's a little more right. memorable. Than, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Hey, what did you notice that was different from like your oldest to your youngest, as far as like where the registering was happening or how it was happening? Um, I, think that the biggest thing that I've seen change is you get like little gifts everywhere you register. So like for each baby, I still registered at all the places for the gift. And then, um, what I didn't buy, um, after past a certain date, like closer to your due date, you get a percentage off. So then you can use like the 15% off to go buy your new baby, a crib, even though no one else bought you anything for your, from your baby registry, you could use that perk. So that was really helpful. 
I'm curious um, for Kia and then Catherine, love to hear from you too. When my youngest, my younger three were born, there were, there were starting to be a lot more indie baby boutiques than um, those were online and in real life, but there really was no streamlined way to register for gifts at them or like there was no convenient way to ask for something handmade or artisan made or from like a little online store. Um, Catherine, you mentioned baby list is, does that also apply to like smaller stores or is there, has it changed? Is there, are there better ways to now do that shopping where you're not just stuck with those big stores? Yeah. Baby list lets you link thing. Like there's a cute shop in my town called little, little devil's boutique. That's like baby, you know, cool baby clothes. And you can link stuff from that. You can link stuff from Etsy. Um, I've also had friends who had baby showers who, who have said like, here's a list of the places, the small businesses in town that would be cool if you could support those when you come. Um, but yeah, I think the internet has definitely made it easier to, to request those kinds of places specifically. Okay. Kia, same question. Have you noticed, um, that that is becoming more, more accessible with, you know, your younger babies? It's definitely more accessible, but with the baby list that Catherine talked about, that is, I think the most popular baby registry website now. Um, I know there's one that I really love from, it's called Spearmint Baby. Um, and like they have their own, you can register on their website, but again, it's so much easier to put it with like stuff you can get from like Target or other things like that. So they did make it really easy. Yeah. Well, then you get like a whole, you get a whole, like all the experiences at once, which is kind of. We are welcoming back Vionic as a sponsor today. And Sarah, I will be honest, I was sorting through my warmer weather wardrobe the other day and it could seriously use a refresh, but you know what's good to go? My shoes. I've got a great selection to choose from thanks to the Vionic Vitals collection. And lately the pair I keep putting on again and again is the Uptown Loafer. I have two pairs, one in sand suede and the other in camel leather, but please don't make me pick a favorite. Oh, I won't. I'll let you keep both. That's so funny, Megan, because I was a little jealous of your Uptown loafers. I was the last one on our team to get a pair, but I just did. I also got mine in the sand suede, and I think I've worn them like four times this week. They really finish off a cute spring outfit. The Vionic Vitals collection has the best essential styles for everyday wear to get you ready for spring. And no matter what shoes you choose, you'll be on the go in comfort because every single pair of Vionic shoes delivers their trademark Viomotion technology for a difference you can feel. Vionic sandals, sneakers, and flats all offer incredible support, stability, and cushioning, and every pair comes with a 30-day risk-free trial, so it's easy to try them out. Use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at vionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's a one-time use only. Vionic Shoes. Wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves, so they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. 
We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Kia. So I know you had, I believe, a baby born like early pandemic, like maybe you were far along in your pregnancy. And then I believe another one born like a year later. Am I correct about that or something like that timing? You are correct. Okay. That's what I thought. So I would love to hear how the pandemic changed your experience of shopping for not only shopping for your babies, but celebrating those youngest babies compared to the older kids. Yeah. So, uh, my baby shower for my fourth baby, the sprinkle that I had, I wasn't due until December, but we had it in, I want to say like August, September, because it was warm outside. So we wanted with COVID, we didn't want to be inside somewhere. We thought we could lower our risk and have it really early and it still be outside. So that was kind of weird. Cause I wasn't like as pregnant and it right. was like so far away from my due date. I think some people were confused. Like, wait, I thought you're not due for like a few more months. Yeah. Um, and then as far as like shopping for baby, I just got so used to with my first pandemic baby ordering everything through like Amazon and Target online that with my fourth baby, I don't even think I bought anything for her in the store. I mean, I did use a lot of things from my second baby who was also a girl, like the same things. But I remember being in the hospital and she was my first baby that I didn't go to Babies R Us right after, like home from the hospital. We always went to Babies R Us. And she was my first baby that we didn't, which was kind of weird because that was like our thing. Like, let's go grab a few things on the way home from the hospital. And she was so small. She needed a newborn clothes. So I just like Amazon primed some baby clothes to be at our house by the time we got home from the hospital. So I couldn't go like buy things in the store for her or or neither could like really anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like make run. Catherine, what about you? Did What did you notice was different about those experiences? Yeah, I think the biggest difference with my youngest was that we had been trapped in our house for so long that I didn't want anything. Um, I like I don't even think I bought I mean, besides diapers, I don't know what I bought for him, if anything. And I think I probably gave more stuff away. Um, I think it probably made me realize that, like, there's only really three things that I need for a newborn and the rest is just like get it out of my house. Um, but yeah, I do think it was though, I would have liked to celebrate him more, I think. And like us having this baby because he was, he's our last two. Um, and yeah, I think that was, I think that was kind of a bummer for sure. Were people doing things like virtual baby? I'm sure they were. I saw them happening on zoom it's not the same though, right? Yeah, it's not. It just felt kind of like I'm over zoom at this point. You know, we were part of a little preschool pod with my older one. And the teacher of that pod was actually pregnant too. She was, she had her baby um, a couple months after I did. And so we all had like a little pod celebration, which which was nice, you know, with a cake and stuff. But um, yeah. One thing that's making me think of when, you know, all of my kids, you know, even my youngest, yes, Amazon did exist. I don't think when Clara was born that overnight shipping was really a thing. Most things were still two, three days. And if you bought on a Friday, you weren't going to get it until like, you know, the following Tuesday or something like that. Um, just overnight shipping has changed everything. There, there used to really be 
pressure around making sure you went and bought things way in advance or ordered things way in advance. And now, I don't know, like, Kia, you mentioned just having clothes shipped to your house. That's like amazing. I never, that would never have been possible back in the day when I was having babies, especially those first few. Catherine, did you, do you feel like that was something that you had to get kind of used to too? I, I can't remember how things were different six years ago. What, were people buying things and having them shipped to their house overnight? I don't remember. You know, I don't remember either, <laughs> but I, yeah. I think <laughs> so. I think so. I mean, with my first, I used to go to Target a lot because I just loved getting yeah. out of the house. It was like, you know, we would just wander the aisle. So if I needed like one pacifier, I would drive to Target just to have something to do. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I could have shipped it all. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, even when when Jacob was born, yes, 24 hour stores did exist. And technically it was true that if you realized you didn't have diapers in the middle of the night or whatever, you could run out. But you don't want to. I mean, in the middle of the night. So having the having the option of having things shipped or even like um subscription based where you're getting them mm-hmm. showing up at your house, you know, when they when like on a regular routine schedule that I don't think if it was a thing, it was highly specialized and not something that everybody had. Um, Catherine, I'm curious what gear services products you noticed becoming, you know, accessible or popular by the time your youngest were born that didn't exist when your oldest was born. Ooh, yeah. So the the Haka pump is probably my biggest one. I'm I'm pretty sure it existed when my first was born, but I didn't know about it and I didn't know anybody who had it. But it's like a little I don't know um, what that is. <laughs> it's a it's a little handheld breast pump that is just like a little piece of silicone, basically. But you can kind of <laughs> suction it to your boob while you're nursing on the other one. And it'll That's catch amazing. Yeah. Okay. So it'll catch extra milk so that you don't have to like put the whole pump together and deal with all of that. And then you can slowly yeah. kind of store up breast milk in the fridge or the freezer if that's what you're doing. Um, so that was a big one game changer for me. Um, and then also I would have loved that. Oh, it was, I mean, it's, it's probably 20 bucks on Amazon and I send it to everybody that I know who's having a baby. <laughs> um, yeah. But the other one is, is the, you know, the big ticket items like the, the LV pump that you can wear you know, under your clothes while you're working and the snoo. That one had a big, uh, a renaissance of sorts. I don't know what the snoo is. What's the snoo? Oh, it's the robot crib, like the, um, the bassinet that will rock your baby to sleep for you. Oh, wow. And you can, okay. yes, they're, nice. they're incredibly <laughs> expensive, but you can rent them. Yeah. Um, and you know, who's to say if it actually works, <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's a big thing. We, we tried it for like two months with my youngest and it was very helpful for him because I, I didn't have, you know, I had two, two other small children running around, so I didn't have time to rock yeah. him to sleep. So you just strap him in and it, it rocks him to sleep. Now. Okay. I do remember, um, there being something that you could stick on a crib or a playpen, I guess, when my kids were little, that would jiggle it. I don't think the technology existed for it to rock. It would just like kind of create vibration. And I remember that people being kind of even grumpy about that, like it was cheating somehow. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking like the baby doesn't know who's rocking the crib. Mm-hmm. Like the whole point is you're doing it, you know, you're way over here doing it. So they don't know you're there. You just want the mo- the movement. Do you feel like there's more acceptance of like that technology that kind of steps in and does 
the job of rocking a cradle, for example, for you? You know, I think there's still that grumpiness for sure. And I felt that. Okay. I, I was like, for, yeah. I told my husband, I was like, I feel terrible. I'm putting him in this machine and then walking out of the room. But, yeah. but on the other hand, like one of my kids is going to jump off the balcony if I am <laughs> sitting in the right. nursery for yeah. too long with this baby. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, and they've had swings forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, like baby swings were basically that they just weren't as safe and they weren't really a great place for babies to sleep, but babies fell asleep in swings all the time. Yeah. And then you'd have that moment where you're like, well, do I try to take them out? Do I let them sleep in the swing? You're not really supposed to, Yeah. you know, how do I get them out and they don't wake up? So it's not like the tech, there were other technology, there was other cheats even back then, Yeah. but they just looked different. I do have some mixed feelings about, you know, sleep things that support sleep in that way. Cause I think they can be kind of predatory towards moms, especially, you know, right. the snooze super expensive if you're buying it, and not renting it. Um, but at the same time you got to survive. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what about you? What was, what wasn't available at all when your oldest was a born or a baby that you maybe were loved finding and discovering when your youngest was born? So I am a big fan of white noise when your baby's sleeping. And with my oldest, I had like a little radio that I would just turn on like a channel that just played static. And that was my white noise. And so with my last three babies, I actually have like a little tiny sound machine that plays like different sounds and it doesn't have to be plugged in because you can charge it. So I remember being like so excited about finding that. Um, I also want to say like, electric nail files for babies you know clipping them sometimes when they're little when they're little and tiny yeah i know my husband elsie's when she was a newborn and like made her bleed you know how babies bleed like so much when they're so little well now they have like a little electric um nail file that's super popular on amazon for babies yes it's very convenient (laughs) i used to chew Um, my baby's fingernails because i was so afraid to clip them yeah (laughs) that was really cool and then, oh, another thing, um, swaddling your baby. I was a huge swaddler, especially with my first. And now they have like the sacks. Um, so those, they definitely didn't have those when my oldest was um, a baby. And now they have so many different kinds of brands and, you know, different fabrics. And they go up in like weight and age. So those are, are really cool, too. Well, and I love your I love your story about the radio white. It was like like the poorer person's white noise machine, but it wasn't for being poor. It was just we didn't have it. It didn't exist. And we were very resourceful about things like that. Then like we would, you know, find ways to do things that needed to be done. Um, Swaddling. We just used blankets like we didn't have. It wasn't like a specialty thing for every task of parenting yet. So. Catherine, you said that you feel like it can be a little predatory at times. And I think that's really interesting because it feels like sometimes things are marketed as a need that maybe are like a want at best. How do you cut through the noise um, as a mom now and be like, this actually is something I could use or I need and not just like this is something I think I need because uh, there's lots of stars, you know, it's getting a lot of stars or like Instagram decided to feed it to me. I think if I were to do it again for my first, I would get like a carrier and a positioner, like a, you know, something to keep them in while I'm cooking and then a bassinet and that's it. And then just wait and kind of see what my needs were because I was just assuming like, Oh, my baby's going to have colic and my baby's going to do this. And, and a lot of those things never came to be. (laughs) So with the first, I had a lot of stuff that I really never 
used. Yeah, what about you? I was going to say that too. Um, there's so many things marketed towards put your baby in here and do this and put your baby in here and do this. Um, where something like a sling, they could, you could buy so many different kinds of slings for like an outside sling or like the ring sling for like a smaller baby to be so close to you. I think that if we showed women those more things and they wouldn't be so um, overwhelmed by all the mess, because then you're yeah. constantly, you know, bombarded with so much stuff. So you have this over here for this and this over here for that. Um, and I just, I just think that because I've been a mom so long that I'm less um, likely to like fall into those traps of those things because they really didn't have any of them and I've never bought any of them. I think that's just yeah. because I've been a mom for so long that I know I can do without. Yeah. Well, you, yeah, you've, you've already been through it uh, using maybe a, a more basic set of tools and your own resources. And then later, if you were just starting out now, it's like, Willy Wonka's chocolate factory or something. You're just like, there's just so many, there's so many options. I need them all. And maybe they'd be help, like helpful or handy for a day or two or like a very special occasion. But then you might find that now you just have more clutter to deal with and wish you hadn't bought it. Um, it's a good segue to talk about social media in general, because I'm curious how Instagram and Facebook and all the social medias have, I'm not on TikTok really, but maybe there's some happening there too how that has changed the tone around what we think we need as moms for babies, how we think we should acquire what we're getting, like the pressures around there and, and how it's being kind of fed to us. And then maybe also something about the sharing of it. Like, do you feel like if you buy something cool, you're now obligated to share it with every other mom that's on social media? Um, or if you use something and don't like it, do you feel like you have, you know, like an obligation to pass the word along? Kia, I would love to hear from you on this one because I know that being as your oldest as a teenager, things have gotten vastly different from oldest to youngest. So as far as the sharing, I do kind of feel obligated to share what if I buy something and it's surprisingly really helpful. If I buy something, I feel like I wasted my money um, because I have so many friends and sisters who are having babies and a lot of them come to me like, is this worth it? Is this worth it? So I like to share if I have an input. Um, and then also I think that you have to, uh, social media makes you feel like you have to do all the things. Like if you don't have a maternity shoot, then like you might as well not have been pregnant. Um, it didn't even happen. If you don't have, a, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you didn't have an Instagram worthy, aesthetically pleasing, um, baby shower or nursery. Um, was there even a baby? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like is your baby even sleeping if they don't have that neutral, um, nursery, you know, in the background. Yeah. Um, so, and again, like I only ever made one nursery out of all four of my babies. So, um, I think that it can be, um, predatory against moms. Like Catherine said, just about something else about what making you feel like you need these things when you really don't need them. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's like the bad parts of, of like social media, Instagram. So yeah, it can be, it can be very wishy-washy up and down when it comes to social media. Well, what about the, what about the good side where you're learning about things you maybe wouldn't have? Like, do you ever feel like, Kia, that you've, you've seen it, like maybe an ad's been served to you or an influencer or something mentioned something and you're like, well, that sounds great. And then you got it and it was just as amazing as you thought it would be. And it actually, what, like it was worth, you know, having um, consumed that content. Yes. So I think back to like nursing bras, um, when I had my first breastfed baby, I didn't know, like, I just bought like the Walmart version of nursing bra. And then they have like 
bras that you can use to pump and nurse in that I wouldn't have known about if I didn't have social media or different baby carriers. I would have known, you know, looking at the aisle of baby carriers. Well, which one do I get? Um, people sharing those on social media that can be so helpful, um, as well as even um, feeling like, okay, in your breastfeeding journey, like there's a lot of good educational accounts um, when it comes to things like breastfeeding and um, that I found really helpful that I know other people are finding helpful as well. What about you, Catherine? Yeah, I agree. I think you um, just, you know, like always on social media, have to be careful about who you're getting your information from. And uh, I, I think after my first, I followed a couple local groups that were like my town's baby wearing club that was all, you know, they would review baby carriers and then a, a breastfeeding group that would share stuff that was helpful. Um, and I think the fact that it wasn't a lot of like sponsored content necessarily was helpful. Yeah. Um, but I, I agree. I think. I think any time that I saw somebody telling me like this thing made motherhood in general easy, it was like a trigger for me that like that can't be true because it's yeah. just not easy. <laughs> yeah. And it's not going to be and, and almost nothing is going to be the make it or break. Like, you know, one product is probably not going to make or break your breastfeeding relationship, for example. So, um, yeah, that's like a big that's a big sell, mm -hmm. <laughs> like a big selling point. That doesn't seem. Yeah. True. And I think it's tough because a lot of people, that's how they're that's what they're doing on social media is presenting, you know, something that's pretty and looks nice and, you know, is relaxing to look at and like real motherhood's not super relaxing to look at. <laughs> and not pretty to yeah. look at. And I do think we're like, we're emotionally drawn to that feeling. Like if I have these things, then I will be, I will present this state of motherhood that's calm and peaceful and loving. And like, it's going to make the whole experience it's like going to curate a whole experience mm -hmm. and then you actually become a mom and you're like, or you add another baby because you forgot, you know, the first one got yeah. a little older and then you're like, oh, right. There's just, just a lot of spit up and poop, no matter what, no matter what is there on your body or attached to yeah. your nipple. Well, ladies, this has been so fun. I know at the very beginning, um, I gave you both the opportunity to ask me a question since I'm kind of like an alien from a 25 year old planet and when it, talking about, you know, baby shower stuff, because I really didn't even have. I think maybe some friends threw me a party for Clara because she was my only girl. But I do think my only true shower was with Jacob. Maybe I might have had a quickie for like a little one for Will. And that's kind of it. So um, if you have any other questions for me about just what it was like to be a new mom back then or getting stuff um, for the, you know, for the baby, I would love to hear it. Okay. I would love to know what... And I'm asking this because there are certain women in my life who gave me beautiful, beautiful baby gifts that were like the most impractical things that I've ever received. Yeah. <laughs> and I would yeah. love to know if there was anything you registered for or something people gave you that like made no sense looking back on. Oh, my gosh. Well, so two things pop into my head. One is like that I would get multiple, multiple of the same sort of thing that you really could never use more than one. And the one that pops into my mind is those baby bathtubs. I think I got three of those at my first shower, but they're big. And you'll never, if you have one baby, you will never have an opportunity when you need to have three baby bathtubs because you're not going to like give them a cold rinse in one and like, I don't know, a hot rinse in the other. <laughs> Something like that. Like just one, just one is fine. The other thing that I, I kind of giggle when I think about it now is that my now ex-mother-in-law gave me so many clothes from um, my now ex-husband from his babyhood. And I remember thinking, I don't want the responsibility 
of keeping these clothes nice. Obviously, you held on to them for some sentimental reason. They're now very out of date and very ugly. Like none of these were. Th- and there was like a lot of polyester blend and um, very 70s and like 70s were not back in yet. So I was like, what am I going to do with this like clown suspender overall things? Like, I'm not going to put this on my baby. Plus, it's white, like pure white. So he's just going to spit up on it. I just truly didn't know what to do with it. It felt like she hung on to it because she couldn't let it go. And then was like, yes, now I get to <laughs> unload it on my daughter-in-law. And I was like, thanks. And a lot of fakey la- like, thank you. It's like, thank you so much. Wow. So those are the two that come to mind. I bet if I thought about it for a while, I could probably come up with a whole yeah. list. <laughs> Kia, do you have any final questions for me? Yeah, I want to know one, like what is something that you remember using a lot, um, whether it's with like all kids or one kid yeah. or your first or last? Like for me, I would say my baby wears. I I I couldn't have done motherhood without them. They made life a lot easier for me. Was there anything like that for you? So when I think back to the thing that I mean, baby wears for sure, and I wore I had all different kinds of slings and baby wears, but the thing that it feels like the biggest staple to me of motherhood were those flannel blankets that are about like they're like the swaddling blanket size, but you can kind of use them. You can like layer a few up and use them as a cover on a warmer day. Um, you can swaddle and then you can use them as a burp cloth. You can use them to wipe up messes. And we had them around for so long that eventually after like there was no more babies coming, they wound up cut up and used as rags. Like I just I kept them for so long and they just served so many purposes that I do think that they were, um, I think that they were like useful. They didn't make or break motherhood, but they're the thing that feels like the most emblematic to me about that time of my life. Well, ladies, this has been so super fun. Um, I love hearing about like some of the new things that are on the market now. I'll have to go check out that pump. I can imagine like how much milk wouldn't have gotten lost in my bra forever if I had had that or in a nursing pad. Kind of sad now to think about all the milk that got wasted, but it's truly no crying over 25 year olds right so (laughs) this has been really fun thanks so much yeah thanks for having us thanks for listening to this episode of the mom hour you can find out more about kia and Catherine at the contributors page on our site themomhour.com slash contributors and i wanted to let you know that another member of our contributor team sarah Lindbergh, who also had a baby pretty recently has a blog post up this week all about how to make the most out of your baby registry with some practical been there, done that tips about where to focus your energy, what to stock up on early, and what you can probably wait on. We'll link that up in the show notes or you can find it at themomhour.com slash blog. Okay, Sarah and I will be back on Tuesday with a brand new episode and we'll talk to you then. The Mom Hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Megan, you know what I love about our partner, The Essential Calendar? I love the product so much, of course, but I also love that it comes from a small business founded by two moms. 
Right. Just like us. Listeners, if you're drowning in details right now, like summer camps, travel plans, end of school year mayhem, give yourself the gift of the Essential Calendar, a seasonal at-a-glance poster-sized calendar for your wall. Get 10% off your order at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour. That's 10% off at theessentialcalendar.com slash themomhour.